Radio Influence. The future is now. As America's zone coach, premier thought leader, and the world's number one coach of champions, Jim Fannin is the go-to person. He has guided the careers of the best pro athletes from 10 sports and business executives from 50 industries. He has coached individuals, families, relationships, and students in simplifying and balancing their lives for more than 40 years. From winning Wimbledon, the World Series, and a gold medal, to losing 68 pounds, saving lost marriages, or overcoming financial ruin, Jim Fannin has been behind the scenes guiding individuals through the intricate process of peak performance. His success tools are not just for the superstar. They're designed to help you reach your full potential as you tap into life's most successful mindset, the zone. And now, please welcome the coach of champions and America's zone coach, Jim Fannin. Hi, I'm Jim Fannin. Welcome to the Jim Fannin Show. And I'm Seth Hurd. Really love being back with you every single time because I know that every time you tune into the Jim Fannin Show, every time we get to share these moments with you, you're seeing wins in your career, in your parenting, in your athletic endeavors, in your hobbies, and in your primary relationships. And that's a blast to be a part of. So thanks for uh, coming back here and joining us again. We're really focusing in today on reinvention. And we've got a fantastic guest coming up for that one. Reinvention. Right now, you may be sitting in your house, driving in your car, thinking, why am I living here? I <laughs> wish I was somewhere else. I wish I could do it all differently that I'm doing right now. Uh, I'd like to lose weight. I haven't seen my feet in months. Uh, my stomach's so big. I need to reinvent my body. Or it could- I, I, How about my, reinvent my relationship? We're just not in sync. I love her. I love her with all my heart and soul, but something's missing. I can't even put my finger on what it is. Uh, we're just so busy with work and uh, kids and in-laws and holidays coming up. Something's missing. I need to reinvent this. I need help so that she and I can form this reinvention in our relationship. Our guest reinvented a lot of things. So we're going to get into that with uh, Julie, who's an executive actually right now at American Eagle Outfitters. Uh, you know, very competitive industry. Man, you want to talk about having to be on your A-game fashion world, uh, you've got to be on your A game. Well, she's an A champion, that's for sure. I, I want to talk about what is really reinvention uh, before we even get into who's in the zone. But you know, reinvention is, first off, you need a blueprint. What do I want? What is point B for me? And that's the first mark uh, of the score system. You know, my clients have used the score success system for decades since uh, the mid-70s. And the word score, the first letter, is the toughest. It's the biggest challenge, self-discipline. So you, you need a blueprint. You need a plan of really what you want. You definitely need to be able to see it. But to make that plan stick, Seth, you got to break it down into really digestible goals with corresponding tasks. You need strategy, you need tactics, and right there, that stymies most people. And why, why is it falling off right there? Just because we're, we're, 
you know, American I got, I'll give you an example. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I've got a relationship with my brother, not so good. I mean, I love my brother. Uh, blood's thicker than uh, water. Yeah. Now, I'm making this up. I'm an only child in reality. <laughs> but, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of clients who are having sibling challenges. And I need to reinvent that relationship. What would the goals be? And what would the vision be? And, and I think uh, having a vision of what you want, well, that's a dream. That's not difficult. I want a better relationship with my sibling. Or I want to weigh uh, 190 pounds as opposed to what I am now. But what are those goals? And are they measurable? Are they realistic? And do they have well-defined timeline? That's where the rubber does not meet the road for most people. And then it's taken a goal. Uh, okay, I'm going to get physically fit. I'm going to reduce my caloric intake below 2,000 a day. Uh, or I'm going to communicate with my brother weekly. We're going to talk about him and what he wants. But then what are the tasks? And is it measurable? And that's really where, uh, and if it doesn't work, now what do I do? Do I have plan B? Do I have plan C? Do I have a backup here? And I think that's where the challenges uh, really uh, hit people head on. That's where adversity is. I, I know a lot of people are in a funky place right now. It's the most negative I've seen in America. Uh, but I'm hearing that globally, not, not just here in the U.S. Um, a lot of negativity, a lot of negative news. We've had some recently. Uh, we've had mass shootings in churches. Oh, my gosh. I mean, Seth, if you watch the news all day, it won't take long for you to be in a funk, and uh, you'll pass it on to other people. But it will stymie you from reaching anything more than what you have right now. You know what? And I actually want to throw a Jim Fannin moment out there for you, okay? Because... Man, it is so easy to get sucked into the seven hour, you know, of news coverage after something really terrible happens, right? And because, you know, I've been fortunate enough to learn right alongside you as we've been doing the Jim Fannin show, and you've been listening to this and improving your life and improving your relationships. I, you know, of course, wanted to know what was going on on Sunday after a mass shooting. And then there was a point where you're seriously, you're almost audible voices in my head. Okay, I can't do anything else about this. I need to know what's going on in the world, but I have... And it makes you sad. It does make and, you sad. And you and, have empathy. Yeah. And, and you wish you could do something. Absolutely. And the thing is, is like the more you go down that spiral, you know, that's where I'm not you know, engaging in my relationship with my wife, with my friends. That's where I'm not working on my business so that I have more profit so that I can do things like when I see the GoFundMe hit Twitter you know, for the victims that you know, there, there's uh, profits that I have to give to that. And so... Really, I mean, it was a change in me this week because it is, you know, in in this era of bad story after bad story after bad story. But it's, it, it it's instant news. I mean, you it know, is. a lot of us have uh, news feeds, alerts, and it's just coming in nonstop over and over. Political, social, every type of news, most of it not positive. And, you know, once you get into a negative funk, it stymies you stymies you right where you are. And you almost want to go into fetal position and do nothing. And it can kill dreams. It can thwart your vision. So this show is about reinvention. 
And you're going to need to have five elements of the SCORE system if you really want to reinvent your career, your relationships, your wellness, your spirituality. Maybe you just want to chat. You want to be punctual. I'm tired of everybody complaining that I'm always late. Well, you need to reinvent yourself. And it's possible. You know, I was a night owl uh, for the majority of my life. And that was not conducive for having an 8 a.m. meeting in the morning. That's, <laughs> that's the last thing I wanted. Well, in my mid-20s, I decided that I was going to reinvent myself. I was going to become morning man. But what that required was I'm going to have to go to bed at the same time, get up at the same time, and, you know, coming from college, uh, being a young entrepreneur, you know, my life was all over the place from a scheduling point of view. 365 days in a row, I was asleep by 1030, and I was up at 6 a.m. And I did it. I became morning man. And every night, I visualized getting up, happy, going to bed, happy at those two times. And I literally changed my internal body clock, and I became morning man. Now, the bad part of the story is that I went out with my friends to celebrate 365 straight days of becoming morning man. We stayed out most of the night, and uh, I, I've been night man pretty since ever, ever since my mid-20s. But you can reinvent yourself just from a scheduling point of view. and. Uh, that's what this show's all about. You need five things, Seth. One, you need a blueprint. That's self-discipline. And you need to have a commitment and a willingness to stay with the task and goals to make that, that vision happen. Secondly, you need to focus. Focus on what you can control. Third, you need to believe you can do it, and you need to expect to do it, and you have to have a sense of knowing that this is done, at least in my mind. Champions win first, then they walk into the arena. Everybody else walks into the arena, tries to figure out what to do. Fourth, you need to relax. Because stress, uh, breathing over 20 breaths a minute, now that's going to cause panic. It's going to cause anxiety. It's going to ca cause worry. That will take you off a plan as swiftly as anything. It's also going to cause not only internal conflicts, but that stress can cause external conflicts. That'll come back to haunt you. And then last, you got to have some enjoyment and passion for this reinvention. And that's why I'm excited about a, a guest that has reinvented not only herself, her entire family reinvented themselves. Now, speaking of reinvention, can you imagine having a baseball team that lost 100 games a year, year after year? That's the Houston Astros. Losers. I coached yeah. a couple of athletes on that uh, losing team. Uh, luckily, uh, one got traded, released, and that was J.D. Martinez, who is now gone on to be one of the top free agents in Major League Baseball, top three, as a matter of fact. I'm sure he's going to have a hundred million plus payday, but the Houston Astros were the laughing stock of baseball, losing that many games. And did they reinvent themselves? 
and reinvention in a company, Seth, it starts at the top. Uh, the general manager, the manager, the bench coach, the batting coach, the hitting coach. As a matter of fact, Dave Hudgens, the hitting coach, who oversaw the number one offense in baseball. And of course, the Astros went on to win more than 100 games and win the World Series. Dave is a good friend of mine. He's a Zoniac. Uh, he's going to be on the show coming up. But he was a part of the Astros reinventing the entire culture top to bottom. So that's exciting. And, and that's who was in the zone last week. And before we get to the interview, I want to dive just a little deeper into this. How important is it that you just check blame at the door? I mean, let's say that you are walking into a, a really, you know, difficult organization. Like the, I mean, the Houston Astros, I mean, people like laughed, right? Like, I mean, it was kind of a, a joke. People laughed at them three and four years ago and five years ago. And so to come in and say, the first thing is you can't say, if you're the manager, well, it's the player's fault. Well, it's the front office's fault. Well, it's the owner's fault. Well, that's you typically gotta, what happens in any company. Uh, you know, uh, I'm a victim of the circumstance. I'm a victim of the condition. I'm a victim of the situation. And all of a sudden, people start talking like a victim. Gosh, I can't believe I'm here. This is ridiculous. I got to get out of here. This place is toxic. And all kinds of thoughts, and sometimes it's verbalized with other members of a company or a team, the victim mentality. That's got to go, Seth. You got to kill and starve the victim in you. And the second thing you need to get rid of, the judge. The judge. And I, I'll tell you right now, the, the United States of America, we're, we're a nation of judges. We're judging media. We're judging families. We're judging companies. We're yelling at the TV set. We're judging sports teams. Uh, we're judges. And the champion is not a judge. The champion in any endeavor is not a victim. We need to starve the, cha uh, the judge in you, starve the victim in you, and you need to feed the champion. And what do you feed the champion? Vision, hope, belief, positivity. Connectivity, positive influence, relaxation, comfort, joy. That's what you feed the champion, and you get stronger and stronger. And the next thing you know, that vision that seems so far away, maybe even improbable, it becomes very real in your mind, and you can eventually see it, and that's when it occurs. Hey, we've got a lot of new people that have... You know, you may have come in because somebody told you, "I'm a zoniac. I need. I think you need this in your life. I, I want to see you win too." By the way, if that's you, or if you've been listening to the Jim Fannin show for a while, pass this on to one person. Could be, you know, probably the most important one would be significant other, kids, parents, aunts, uncles, cousins, your own blood relatives, and then maybe somebody that you just really want to help them really get ahead in your job as well. Uh, just you know, throw them the link. Say, hey. This has been a huge help to me. Let, let's, let's get you into the zone as well. But I want to bring back something real quick. Well, let's, let's talk about what you just said, because yeah. I think that's very powerful. The first person to change is the person in the mirror. Look in the mirror, decide what you really want in your life, 
and know that reinvention is very real and it's very possible. You got to change how you think, how you talk, how you interact. Then who can you influence in this sphere of influence that you have? Your family, you have a sphere of influence, whether you're one of the kids in the family or whether you're the patriarch or the matriarch of the family. When the family changes, that small unit, whether it's four in the family or seven in the family, that's pretty powerful. And if everybody's thinking like a champion, no victims, no judges, no bitching moaning because I got to get up or I got to go to bed, boy, that's an environment that's definitely not toxic. That's an environment that just makes you want to attack the day and the zone. When you influence other people, you're going to get feedback from them. It's going to impact you like a boomerang. This is a mental boomerang, this, uh, this uh, uh, reinvention of yourself and a family unit. This also works with a team, as we talked about the Astros. It definitely works with a company. Why not let it work for a state or a community or a nation? We can do this, America, but it starts with you reinventing you. Just one note, and I think, you know, I'm excited to talk to this guest. Uh, you've talked in previous episodes, and I think it's really important to, you know, share this with our new listeners as well. The subconscious mind, you know, you, you've said when you, when you talk to yourself, the subconscious mind believes you, even if you're joking or if you're, if you're moping or whatever. So if you're getting up and saying, I'm not going to sell any cars today at my car dealership. I'm probably going to get walked on by those two people I manage. You know, my neighbor's oh my rude gosh, to me and steals I, my I, newspaper. I, That'll to, probably happen. To hit my quota, I need to sell 80 cars in 21 days. How am I going to do that? Right off the bat, the answer is you're not. You convinced yourself. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Your subconscious mind, which is pulling the strings like a puppeteer on your life, it needs to change. And you can change it because it does not know the difference between fantasy and reality. I remember playing a professional tennis tournament. I'm in Romania. This is a long time ago. And I remember hitting a drop shot uh, way far away from uh, uh, the baseline. So I'm way back in the court trying a little drop shot on a crucial point. The guy had plenty of time to go get it. He did. He hits a winner, and I yell out, God, I'm an idiot. Come on. Come on, Jim. Come on. Gosh, I'm an idiot. My subconscious then went through the following process. Idiot. You are an idiot. I'm an idiot. Watch this next shot you're going to hit. And on match point, the next shot, I do the same thing from the same place. Not a smart shot. Probably an idiotic shot to lose the match, your subconscious will be true to what is repetitively placed on the screen of space in your mind. And if you want reinvention, you need to see yourself successful over and over and over, especially in the face of adversity. And if reinvention is something that's uh, a stretch, you know, I'm going to the mountaintop, well, it's going to get pretty steep. You're going to have adverse conditions and situations. That's where the champion prevails. And that's where extreme positivity is needed. 
I want to add one more thing, Seth. You know, we talk about being in the zone. We talk about a zoniac and everybody listening, you've been in the zone. You've been in the zone reading a book where you get so locked into a character. You take on the feelings. We get in the zone watching a, our favorite TV show, our favorite series. We get attached to a character and we're there. We feel it. That's why we get scared at a movie. We're, <laughs> we're in the zone. You know, it's a movie, but it seems so real. And your subconscious mind, again, does not know the difference between fantasy and reality. That's the good news. That's the bad news, Seth. So flood your mind with positivity over and over, especially at night, especially when you wake up. You're going to have a chance to reinvent yourself. And the zone, that's a purposeful calm. Can you imagine right now in your life putting on this overcoat, an invisible, purposeful calm where nothing can go wrong? And, and it's bulletproof from negativity. Wouldn't that be great? And, and I'm telling everybody, you can do this, but you got to make a commitment to do it. And this is something that a tool that has been leaned on in the World Series, in the Super Bowl, in championship situations across sports, in crucial situations across entertainment where the actor has to show up and nail it. And it's available to you as well. And that's what the Jim Fannin Show is really all about. So Julie is a very interesting person. I'm excited to talk to her here. Let's get into it. I'm excited. Let's bring Julie on on the air. Uh, she has definitely a story to tell, and she is a master of reinvention. And this show is about reinvention, and that's reinventing your life, your business, uh, even your body, uh, your mindset, reinvention. And we have a special guest today uh, who's actually gone through this transformation, and in a pretty swift time. Uh, she is a mom. Uh, she's a mother to uh, a great athlete. In fact, Alex was on our show. Uh, he's a scholarship uh, football player in University of Akron. So she's a mom. Uh, she's also an executive, and she's uh, a spouse, a significant other, and then she, you know, has her own personal life. And uh, I'd like to bring on Julie McAllister. Hey, Julie, glad to be uh, that you're on the Jim Fannin show. Welcome. Hi, Jim. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Julie, I want to take you back over a year uh, to point A, and then we'll talk about point B and, and how you actually went from B in your mind uh, back to A, created a pathway, and uh, really made a, a pretty amazing transition. So point A, you were working for Hitachi Data Systems. You were traveling an inordinate amount of time, which kept you away from your family. You were living in Houston, Texas, and uh, you had a great job, but the travel was inordinate. Uh, you applied some of the tools of the SCORE success system uh, with your company, uh, but you needed to make a change. Your son was a star uh, quarterback, uh, high school Texas high school football, which is uh, not normal, uh, big audience, and um, now he's going to get a scholarship. What are you going to do? Uh, you're going to still live in Texas. Uh, what kind of job do you want? Tell me about that transition from A uh, to where it is now, B. 
Yeah, Jim, that was actually a very interesting time for us. We were super excited for Alex to be able to um, come to the University of Akron and have a scholarship for football. Um, but we were still sitting in Houston and uh, trying to figure out exactly what we were going to do for, um, for our situation. So you know, one of the things that we did was specifically created for my husband and I a shared vision of our lives. So we went through each of our arenas and we defined what it was we personally wanted. And then from there, we looked at what our shared vision was for our life together. And as we were transitioning into being empty nesters, what does that mean for our careers? And from there, we actually created these goals, begun to visualize them. And honestly, they just started kind of happening. <laughs> it was pretty, uh, pretty, pretty incredible. Well, I, I remember when uh, you were traveling in an inordinate amount of time, coming home on the weekends to catch Alex's high school football games. But once you started visualizing, not, not just uh, a career change, but uh, a complete change in where you lived, what kind of workplace you wanted to be with, uh, there was dollar amounts as well, but even more importantly, it, it was about quality of life, and 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 that's really what you were looking for. And you also had Vision Night. Now we've talked about Vision Night for families on the show, but you did have a Vision Night. I think your son actually introduced it. Tell me about Vision Night when Alex introduced that to you and your husband. That was a very special night, Jim. Uh, first of all, having your you know, 18-year-old son lead the family in uh, really helping us transition and helping us get through and create in our minds what it is that we want. Um, and then the process that we went through for Vision Night was we each defined a specific vision that we were looking for for ourselves that would help us reach our personal collective shared goals. And we went around the table and we each had a moment to visualize everyone else's vision. And so through that process, we really created this shared vision again for all of us um, and really put the energy into each other. And I think that created a momentum in our family that was just unlike no other I've, uh, I've really experienced. Yeah, vision night. Um is so special. I, I recommend everyone, every family have a vision night, no matter how young or how old your kids. Obviously, Alex, you, you, you know, so many of us today think, really, I have an 18-year-old vision night? How's that going to be? You know, how's that going to be possible? But it was pretty amazing that Alex actually introduced it and led vision night. And then there's, uh, at the end of vision night, there's shared vision about the family. The family What's the collective family vision? And, and I know that one of those visions was, well, we always want to be together. We don't want to be apart. We're, you're in one part of the country working. Uh, your husband's in another. Uh, your son's off to college. And that's really not the quality of life that you envision. You envision the opposite of being close. And, and so this transformation, this reinvention uh, was spawned from that vision night, and things started to happen swiftly. Uh, next thing you know, you start getting offers. Am I correct for new jobs? Yep. So new jobs came on the scene. Um, we were able to um, sell our house in Houston 
and get relocated. And we're now living in Pittsburgh, um, which is a whole new, you know, city and environment. And, uh, but we're only an hour and a half away from where Alex is. So we have the ability now to go to every single one of his football games, which was our goal and also still have the kind of lifestyle and in fact, improved lifestyle from what we had previously, where I don't have to travel 50 to 75% of my time. We're able to have more of a routine. And for that personally, in terms of my own, you know, physical transformation, you know, able to get back in the gym, really able to live a more balanced lifestyle. And a more simple lifestyle. Correct. Uh, the other thing you did uh, at Hitachi uh, was you brought your team together. Now, this is an ec- eclectic team from around the world. You, you had team members that were calling in from Poland, from uh, 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 Colombia and South America, and uh, all over the U.S. And you actually had a vision day uh, where they had collective vision, shared vision, and, and then everybody on your team uh, had their individual vision on how they would be an integral part uh, of that. Before that happened, uh, tell me your mindset in putting that together. Right. Well, you know, as it is with any good leader, you try to be the best you can be for your team. And then you always work to try and help them become their best at whatever their goals are. And that's been my fundamental philosophy on leadership um, that's worked really well. And so, you know, when we first did this coaching for our team, we actually did it in a way that we said, let's just take off our Hitachi hats for a moment and let's become our individual selves. And let's really understand through the score system, you know, what are the areas that maybe we need to focus on individually to achieve our life goals? So it's an investment in in them as people not necessarily as employees. And I think that really resonated with them. Um, In addition to that, you know, we then went through not only learning the score system and how that worked, particularly as um, their, their own individuals, but, but it really transformed our culture and how we work together as a team. And so um, things like focusing on the big rocks and, and the priorities and, and how we, I guess, perform really as a team um, became how we operated and it, and it, and it helped us accelerate individual and team performance um, and really overall employee satisfaction and happiness. Um, So those are some of the big things that I saw as a result of that, that effort. Yeah. And one of the takeaways, if I remember, was uh, your team members started feeling that they were an integral part of something greater than themselves. uh, And that was motivating for them. And uh, I, I had a lot of individual conversations. Uh, they were pretty blown away that the very first session was not about Hitachi. It was about them. And uh, they took a lot of these tools home to their families. And then they came back to Hitachi uh, with a renewed spirit, if you will. Uh, did you feel that? And how soon did you feel that, that transformation? Well, I think it was varied for different folks, but overall as a team, I feel like that transformation was very swift. I think within a couple of weeks of really learning a little bit about the score system, how it applies to them, and then really seeing themselves 
uh, through that lens and what they need to be focused on individually. Some folks said, oh, it's a self-discipline thing. Some folks said, oh, it's actually optimism for me. Um, and some folks, it was relaxation. So it just depended. Everybody had a slightly different need or take, right, on what was applicable to them. But they all found extreme value in it. And I think just having that as a team culture um, really saw the benefits of that as a team within a few weeks. Another thing that you reinvented, and when I first uh, was introduced to you, uh, I knew immediately you were a very, very positive person and uh, not a normal thinker. You were a positive thinker. Uh, how Have you made a transition to extreme positivity? And ha- has your family done that? And tell me about that, especially uh, when Alex was in high school. Uh, you know, he's got a girlfriend. Uh, he wants his own space. How do you keep extreme positivity when you have all kinds of challenges? That's that's a great that's a great question, Jim. You know, <laughs> I really think honestly, Alex was the catalyst. I mean, you're right. We probably had some predisposition as a family to being generally positive. But I think once, you know, once he really realized as a leader on his football team, as a leader in his school, as a leader in his relationship, and even he took on the role as a leader within our family to bring that positivity and optimism to a whole new level, you know, it, it uh, had a compounding effect on everybody that he touched. So I think, honestly, you know, he was definitely the catalyst for it. I, I, think, I think he even called you out a couple of times when you used the word, when you started talking about problem. And he said, Mom, no, it's challenge. I think he called you out. Am I right? <laughs> oh, yes. No, we were able to really define a whole new way to relate to each other. Um, I think it's where we became, you know, adult relationship, not, you know, parent child as much. I mean, he was in his own kind of transition to young adulthood and, and he was definitely being a catalyst for our family in a lot of different ways. And so, um, so for us, that's definitely true. And overall, I think, you know, the combined effect of Alex and then of the family aspects and then of the career pieces for myself. Um, even my husband has seen tremendous benefit and has now um, had a renewed purpose around his physical goals and has um, really been, you know, taking that to a whole new level. You know, reinvention, uh, you're disrupting the status quo and your reinvention is just that. I mean, you're changing attitude, mindset, discipline, goals. But with reinvention, there can be stress. Uh, just because you visualize something doesn't mean, hey, tomorrow it's manifested. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time, maybe a week. Uh, you know, you, you made a transition in your company in two weeks. Tell me about the stress factor, how you dealt with stress during this transition. You know, we had quite a bit of stress, um, not only moving cross-country, trying to sell a home in a depressed market while there was a hurricane situation going on, Um, having situations like um, one of our vehicles being nearly totaled upon transit when it got here, and then, and really just dealing, we're currently in temporary housing 
until um, we get a permanent place to live. So, you know, there's, when you start to map that out on the stressor um, calculation, I think we've hit quite a few um, in addition to, you know, transitioning to an empty nest and having our kids be gone and um, the college transition and all the things that go with graduation, et cetera. So we had quite a lot. And frankly, we just were keeping a positive mindset and not allowing things to really get us not too high, not too low, right? Well, one of the things uh, that I realized in, in this reinvention, um, you were hitting a high daily standard. You were not a victim of the circumstance or these conditions, uh, this situation. And, and you also, uh, as a family, start, stopped judging, uh, judging each other, judging what was going on in your life. Uh, would you say that you el- eliminated or starved the victim and judge in each of you? Yes, absolutely. I think that's critical. Well, Julie, I, I'm so excited for you. Uh, I know that you're excited about 90 minutes away from uh, Alex's football college career. Uh, he's an amazing person, and acorns don't fall far from the tree. So, Julie, uh, congratulations. I, I think, you know, you need a blueprint uh, to do anything great, and you had a blueprint in your reinvention. You had a blueprint in raising an amazing son uh, who also has an amazing girlfriend, and I know you had a lot to do with that as well in a positive way. And congratulations. Enjoy Pittsburgh. Enjoy your new career. Now, you're with uh, which uh, company? I'm currently with American Eagle Outfitters. Well, that's exciting. That's uh, especially right now with the holiday season. So you got to be really, really busy. I appreciate that's an understatement, I'm sure, uh, with the holiday season coming up. Just have a great holiday, a great rest of 2017. And thank you so much for being on the Jim Fannin Show. Thanks, Julie. You bet. Thank you. One of my favorite parts of the Jim Fannin Show, you get access to world-class coaching just like some of the uh, top people in all kinds of fields. Ask Jim at jimfannon.com. That's ask Jim at jimfannon.com. Parenting question here, and also a little bit of a sports question. We're getting into the beginning of junior high, high school basketball season. Why can my daughter hit all of her three throws and then she can't hit any of her free throws and can't even find the rim for a while? And then can come back and be great again. This is the same kid. What's up? That is a great question, but I have the exact answer. When you're sitting there in practice, typically after practice, sometimes in your driveway, and you nail a free throw over and over and over again, the odds are you're doing that with less than 15 breaths per minute. And so you have a calmness about you. There is no stress. So you're able to replicate the physical technique over and over and over again. Here comes a basketball game. You're running up and down the court. Your heart rate is beating fast. Your breathing is approaching 1520. And all of a sudden, you get to the free throw line and you're breathing at a higher rate. Calm yourself down. 
get back into that six to eight breath a minute if you can. And that's why even in the NBA, if you miss a free throw, it's usually the first one because your breathing is too high. Your heart rate is too amped up. And then after you miss the first one, then you relax. You got time to catch your breath and you usually make the second free throw. And that's really what happens. Now, I've, had, I've coached a lot in the, in, in the NBA, and one of the drills I like is to uh, sprint, shoot a free throw. Sprint, shoot a free throw. Now, I've done this on the golf course, on the range. Get a shot on the range, and then I've had, in, in our golf school, golf in the zone school, I've had the clients sprint 30, 40 yards, and then come back and train themselves to get their heart rate down, get their breathing down before they hit the next shot. And that's going to help you train for those moments of truth when most people are freaked out. You know, they're really stressed because it's a moment of truth. The next shot I make, the next move I make could dictate the outcome of the, of the game, the match, whatever it is. This applies to tennis, golf, and definitely basketball. And, you know, at the risk of pointing out the really obvious... You're not going to get out of that stress situation without dropping your breath. Like you are not going to breathe slower when you're stressed on your own. You've really got to focus. Well, right now, right now, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, put one of your hands on your belly button, on your stomach. Take a couple of deep breaths. Unhinge your jaw. Relax your tongue. If, unless you're driving, shut your eyes. Relax your eyes. Relax your face. And now. Breathe, inhale, exhale, but let your stomach move your hand. I do it every episode when when you're bringing the audience, a listener, through this. I still do it every episode, and I, you know, just because it's a great habit to be in. You know, when you're at work and you have a wall to wall day, you can find ninety seconds, right? Uh, well, and if you can't carve out ninety, or at least do fifteen. I, my recommendation, most of my clients have been trained to set their alarm 8 a.m., 10 a.m., 12 noon, and then 2 p.m., 4, 6, 8, maybe 10. Set your alarm. Everybody set your alarm for tomorrow. When your alarm goes off, unhinge your jaw, because hopefully you'll be surprised that it went off. You're in the zone in between the, the alarms, but when that alarm goes off, Learn how to respond by being relaxed immediately. If you can do it in 10 seconds, that's awesome. If it takes you 90, it takes you 90. But uh, I like to train for those moments of truth when the next move, boy, it dictates whatever it is. And um, I do this breathe like a baby technique because that's how a little baby, I've got a little grandson now who can fall asleep instantly wherever. And his breathing, Six to eight breaths a minute, jaw unhinged, gets into a peaceful calm. When we can conjure that peaceful, purposeful calm at will, especially when an adverse condition or situation arrives, wow, uh, that's, uh, that's a champion moment. And you're going to prevail. You're going to prevail. The book's coming out February 6th, if you keep asking, okay, so how do I get this blueprint together? You can pre-order the book right now. Unfortunately, you know, publishers and everything, we can't get it to you quite yet. But 
I want to go ahead and jump into another moment in. The well, you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Amazon, Amazon. right now. You can pre-order right it right now, uh, and you'll have it on, on February sixth. I want to give you a taste of uh, what is really hitting home with me here. Chapter five: Do we all have? Do you have well-defined life visions? Mel Gibson's a great actor and director with many memorable performances under his belt that have made him a household name. I think that's a pretty easy uh, fact to say yes to, right? After uh, a long dinner in a private California restaurant, uh, Mel conveyed his love for movies and especially movie making to me. I love movies, he gleefully stated. I love the creativity needed from so many people and tying their expertise together in a seamless quilt of cinema. Plus, there's nothing more enjoyable than taking a book or script and making it come alive, regardless of it happened 100 years ago or 100 years from now. Imagination and creativity are intoxicating. So I'm going to read one more paragraph here. But first of all, that guy has a very clear vision. Well, he's also reinvented himself. This is one of the greatest actors. He had some situations and, uh, uh, that occurred that weren't positive. It hit the news. Uh, he even got blackballed by uh, a few studios in Hollywood. He had to finance his own, uh, his own movies. He has reinvented himself in one of the great, act, uh, not actors, directors of our time. So he went from a great actor to now an iconic great director. Listening to Mel speak about uh, directing revealed his childlike passion for creating an audience experience that lasts longer than people leave the theater. Being the ultimate band leader of make-believe has become his ultimate vision. Turning this vision into reality uh, is now his obsessive quest. With the Passion of the Christ, Apocalyptico, and Hacksaw Ridge under his belt, he is on his way to a legendary movie director's career. Most of all, Mel knows that he is more than a director. Quick line from you on that, and then we got to get into the Zone Cafe. So more than a director, why is that so important? Because you know, I think if you just joined the show because somebody shared it with you, because you recently found it, it might be easy to think, well, if you're if you're a huge Hollywood director, I mean, the rest of the stuff takes care of itself, right? Like, what do you have to worry about anything else? Well, that and that's act, not true. It's not true. That yeah. actually can complicate everything, relationships, and uh, just because you have a lot of money, uh, you may not be equipped to deal with that kind of money or that kind of fame or that kind of success. You are more than your business. The young athletes I coach, you're more than golf. You're more than football. Once you place all your happy eggs in one basket, most of us know that's not a great investment of all your happy eggs in one basket. So the true champion is different from just the champion who's great movie director or great at whatever their endeavor. Now, that person's a great son, great daughter, great brother, great with their own well-being, their own spirituality. They're a great friend. You know, you have high standards in every arena of your life. This is a rare individual today, but, you know, we all have free will, Seth, and we can all do this. What do you need to do? Well, you need to commit. If you really want to reinvent yourself, you want to be on time, you want to be a positive thinker, you want triple your income. Well, if you keep doing the things you're doing right now, you're not going to triple your income. And uh, you have to see it, but you also need to prepare for the success in any of those arenas and make sure it has a 
positive impact as opposed to a negative impact on the other parts of your life. And I, I want to give a real quick example of what happens when you know the vision is not as clear. You asked me, what is your vision for your business? And I mumbled for about two and a half minutes and you're like, you, it's not clear, is it? And right there, you just coached me into, we need, you need to be able to basically get on an elevator and tell people with your work why you get up in the morning, what you're there to do. And I refined it. And I just had the best month of my business. Oh, that's and, awesome. You know, and it really was because once that was taken care of, man, my behavior changed. When you know where you're going, you're not just putting out fires all day. And I bet your wife saw the residue from that. It, you know, that kind of positivity, it spills over into everything that you do. You, you, you come home from work in a positive way. And, and you do the 90-second rule, you've been away two hours with somebody you love and care about, put down that cell phone, change gears, take that positivity into the next arena. And if the arena was negative, put a cap on it, muffle it, put it in the backyard of your mind, go into the next arena, positive, look your significant other in the eye long enough to discern eye color. Give her all or him all of your attention. So we need to go from life arena to a life arena. But if we can do that in a positive way, well, that's going to help any kind of reinvention. Believe me, maybe this is where we start is just reinventing how you interact with other people, reinventing what the visions are that you want in your life. You can search Amazon.com. The book is The Blueprint. You can also search Jim Fannin, F-A-N-N. I-N. Let's get in the Zone Cafe because as you join us each week, keep improving. You're always going to need something as you leave. Well, there's five ingredients or five uh, meals that you can digest, Seth, at the Zone Cafe. You can order a giant, giant bucket of self-discipline. You can have that for anything you want, but maybe that's the missing link in you getting into the Zone that willingness or commitment to stay with a task, to reach well-defined goals that take you to that vision. Do you need self-discipline? You can order it right now, or maybe on the menu, maybe you need concentration. And I believe less is more. The less things that you're doing, the more you'll focus energy, mental and physical energy, on the task that leads to those goals and vision. Do you need a big bucket of concentration? Or maybe you need a plate full of optimism, confidence, trust, belief, faith. Maybe that's the missing element to get in the zone, to help you reinvent yourself. Or maybe you need a tall, giant glass of relaxation, soothing, peaceful, calm, free from worry and anxiety, breathing six to eight breaths a minute. Maybe that's what you need right now in your life. Or maybe the last meal that you can have at the Zone Cafe, maybe you need some enjoyment. Maybe you need to laugh more. Maybe you need some music. <laughs> maybe you need some enthusiasm, some passion. So right now, this can change day by day, week by week. But here you are, Seth. You're at the Zone Cafe. What do you need, Seth? Optimism. And I want to say why. So, you know, I shared with you what Hold I on. Hold on. I'm going to put a fresh 
batch <laughs> on the griddle back here because we're going to cook up some optimism for you, Seth. Go ahead. We're ready. Well, I shared with you, you know, uh, off the air that I was like, hey, I just you know, had the best month ever. And then I understood how you help people really achieve their potential and get to things like the Hall of Fame. You're like, okay, so here's what you can do in November. And I tell you what, listening to Julie's story just reminded me, I can do this. Like this is within reach. Uh, and hearing somebody like that, that uh, you know, not only went through the process of reinvention, but also had the self-discipline to really succeed in, in such a, uh, a difficult industry and have a great family. Like, man, that just that fired me up. So I'm going to take the optimism with me after the show today. Well, you know, talking about Julie, I just want to say one thing before we close the show. Isn't it awesome that an 18-year-old kid helped reinvent his entire family? That's amazing. We don't hear that story often today. But, you know, what I've learned is that even the youngest want discipline because discipline gives you some routines. And now that I have something to focus my energy on, and that's really what Alex, her son, did. And it's contagious. And it spread from him to mom to dad. And uh, almost overnight, I mean, less than a year, everything in that family changed. Uh, she reinvented herself and so did her family. And this is for you. Right now, when you hang up from this show and you put it down, don't listen anymore, just ponder. Ponder the takeaways and ask yourself, do I need reinvention? What can I reinvent? Can I reinvent a relationship? Can I reinvent my company? Can I reinvent my job, my career? Can I reinvent where I live? What geographical location? And there's only one rule here, Seth. There are no rules. You've been listening to The Jim Fannin Show. It's time, possibly, for reinvention. So be in the zone, because definitely that's the only place to be. Crush Performance, your weekly source for sport performance and athletic development information. If you're a serious athlete, a weekend warrior, parent, or coach, join us each week as we investigate the latest trends and research coming out of the sport performance world. We'll visit with top athletes, coaches, and sports scientists to keep you on the cutting edge and to find out what it truly takes to achieve human maximum performance. You can visit us online at crushperformance.com and Crush Performance Radio with me, Jeff Kershell, can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and at Radio Influence.